Once in English, I go for refuge until enlightenment to the Buddha, Dharma, and Supreme Assemblage. By the merit of listening to the Dharma, may I achieve Buddhahood for the sake of all beings. Okay. Right. So we are fi- we are finally into the uh, the main uh, body of the text, the main part of the text that actually is describing the th- the principal teachings of Buddhism, or the three principal paths. And the very first uh, topic that is discussed is uh, the teacher. How to take a teacher, and what are the qualifications you should be looking for and what qualification you should uh, develop in yourself 
to make that relationship the best that it can be, how to regard the teacher once you've established that relationship, and is it just anyone who can be the teacher? Because I think this is a, a topic that, uh, that has a lot of confusion for a lot of people. Uh, because it deals with spirituality and because also it is difficult for, for us to see spiritual qualities. So we might end up uh, creating more trouble for ourselves than we, than we need to. So the, on page 41, we were given a brief summary of the qualities to look for in a teacher. And it was summarized in the middle of the, somewhat towards the bottom of the book, of that page, uh, as the jewel of the sutras states, take yourself to a spiritual guide, controlled, at peace, high peace, with exceeding qualities and effort, who is rich in scripture, with a deep realization of suchness, a master instructor, who is the very image of love and beyond becoming discouraged. The, so, uh, the, the middle part about rich in scripture, especially deep realization of suchness, these are, are, aren't qualities that we can immediately come to, come to see, come to have any, uh, that we can actually have any perception of. We can sort of guess that the person is rich in scripture because the person seems to be uh, quoting a lot of texts or seems to be uh, uh, give has a, a, a way of describing things in, in, in a lot of depth. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they are rich in scripture. And that could, that could possibly be uh, that their own, through their own meditation, that how they've actually been able to go deep into a particular subject. Now the deep realization of suchness, uh, that one, we can almost say that we, unless we ourselves have an understanding of, of suchness or the true nature of reality, how do we know whether or not a teacher has a deep realization of suchness? And the deep realization uh, here doesn't necessarily mean that uh, they've directly had an experience of, of true nature of reality. It, uh, it, it could be an intellectual, a deep intellectual understanding of, such, of, of the true nature of reality. Now, let's, let's go uh, to each one of these uh, qualities and see if we can actually observe this in, in someone, whether or not, so we can decide whether or not this person can be a teacher to us. Okay, so, t so take yourself to a spiritual guide, that is, make a person your spiritual teacher, your spiritual guide, who possesses the following qualities. They should be controlled. Now control is, I think, is one of the obvious things that we can perceive. Control uh, has to do with, with their ethics. Okay? So they're controlled, their, 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 their behavior of body, speech, and mind is controlled, that is, they're restrained. Their, their behavior from engaging in, in negative actions. 
So the uh, behavior is more in line with ethics. Okay? So that's what the controlled part means. Uh, at peace means that they, have, they meditate. And because, of their med because they meditate, you, they have achieved a certain level of peace in their mind. Uh, situation which would uh, uh, f uh, cause disturbance in a normal person doesn't create disturbance in their mind because they are at peace. They, and w what is really at peace during the, in their meditation is their, their, uh, their afflictions. Their mental afflictions are controlled. Their mental afflictions are pacified. And because of that, they, they, they have a general sense of peace. And, and you can sort of see that peace. And high peace refers to, they use this meditation to, to understand or to, to uh, develop their understanding of, of the true nature of reality, of seeing reality for what it is. And because of that, they achieve a high peace. These three, controlled, at peace, and high peace, refers to that they are actually practicing the three main practices of, of anybody who's a Buddhist. That is, they're practicing ethics, they're practicing meditation, uh, controlling, controlling and disciplining their mind. And the third one is that they're seeking and, and studying and analyzing uh, the true nature of reality. So the three practices of, of ethics, concentration, and uh, wisdom, okay, and they're doing it in what is called in a supra, a supra mundane kind of way. They're doing it in a way to transcend the mundane, because there are there, there are such things as mundane behavior, mundane ethics, uh, mundane uh, focus, concentration, and mundane uh, wisdom, okay. But the ones that they're doing, they're doing the kind that transcends the mundane. So we, we can sort of, uh, in, while being in their presence, we can sort of sense how they react by the peace. And the way they describe uh, reality, you can sort of, sort of get, get a guess of, of, the, of uh, to some degree, their wisdom, the control, we can sort of see. Okay. Now, with exceeding qualities and effort, uh, this refers to that you see in that teacher, you see in that person who, who wants to be a teacher, qualities that exceed your own qualities. Okay. Uh, there is something about them, or it, it doesn't necessarily that in every way whatsoever they exceed your qualities. Right? But the qualities that you are aspiring after, you see that they have those qualities and they theirs exceed yours. Okay. And effort, again, is that uh, you see that they're always making effort. They, are, they take joy in the Dharma. They take joy in spirituality. That's what the effort we were referring to. Okay. They, they, you don't see them engage in Dharma. You don't see them engage in, uh, in spiritual matters all, all, almost as if they're being forced to do it. They, they do it joyfully. They do it uh, uh, on their own. Okay who's rich in scripture. Uh, the scripture that they are rich in uh, uh, fall into the three categories of the scripture that deals with ethics. Okay, that's the Vinaya. The scripture that deals with concentration, that's a sutra. And the scripture that deals with, uh, with wisdom, that is the Abhidhamma, and also uh, you have to add to that the, the perfection of wisdom sutras. 
But in addition to that, if, if this is a, someone that you're going to establish a, a relationship with, where you're going to get uh, uh, tantric or mantra teachings from, they should also be rich in scriptures on, on general mantra, general tantra, and also specific tantras. There, there is a specific tantra that they, have, that they are cultivating, that they are becoming a, a master of. And then in general, they sort of know in, in a broad view, they, un they understand the essence of all the tantras. And they've, and they've read the tantras. So these are the scriptures that they should be rich in. Okay. Now, deep realization of suchness. Now, how do you know that they have a deep realization of suchness? And it's really uh, in the, some, some aspect of the next uh, quality, a master instructor. Okay. Uh, the deep realization of suchness is when, they, when that person explains suchness to you in such a way, they explain it in such a way that you can understand it. Okay. That's their deep realization of suchness. Uh, the more complicated it seems like, not necessarily, the more complicated it seems, that it might be due to, their, to that person's uh, lack of deep understanding of, of the topic. Okay. If they're able to uh, explain it in such a way to you that you can come to understand it. Now, it doesn't mean that they explain it in such a way to you that you come to fully understand what suchness is, but the way they're, they're explaining it, uh, it, it doesn't uh, lead you to have a wrong understanding of suchness. Like if someone were to tell you uh, everything is an illusion, or you can, that means you can go out and do whatever you want, it doesn't really matter. So that would, that would lead you to have a wrong understanding of suchness. Okay. So that if anyone has told you that, that's wrong. Okay. <laughs> can you erase that? <laughs> right? That's not what, uh, it, that's not what it means. Okay. So they can explain it to you, and, and they can explain suchness to you in such a way that it goes back to uh, strengthening why the teacher is engaged in, in, uh, in what, is what is called controlled behavior in ethics. Why suchness strengthens uh, ethics. Why suchness ex strengthens concentration. Okay. If, if after uh, getting an, uh, a, a teaching on suchness from them, it strengthens, you know, I, I should be more ethical. I should, uh, I should uh, uh, learn to con discipline, discipline my mind better. If that's what you come out of it, then the person did a good job at explaining it to you. Okay? And, and, that, and that's part of being a master instructor, because sometimes someone may, may, may have a... A, a, a deep intellectual understanding of, of suchness, but they, because they're not such a master instructor, they may not be able to convey to you their, their, under, their understanding of it. And in trying to convey their understanding of it to you, they might even confuse you. Okay? But you, you can tell it's not so much that they are misleading in their interpretation. It's just that they're giving it in such a way that you cannot understand what they're saying, basically. Okay. So, a master instructor is not only someone who, who has deep knowledge, who, who has, uh, who has uh, a, a lot of knowledge about scripture, about, a lot of knowledge about uh, their own experience, but also is capable of understanding uh, the level of the student that they're teaching to, okay. and being able to teach to, to according to the level of that student. Uh, they're able to uh, teach suchness to someone who's 
who's, who's already advanced on the path and help them get uh, further on their understanding. And they're able to teach sustenance also to someone who's a complete beginner and to get them to have some understanding so they can get started. Okay, so that's a master instructor. And the master instructor also means that the, the, the teacher is not so much focused on, uh, on the letter, but more focused on the meaning. Okay? And the teacher is more focused on, uh, on the end goal, in the sense of, here's someone who needs to understand this. What method, what skillful mean must be applied so that this person can get to understand it? And the, and the teacher will have, you could say, uh, a great deal of, uh, of uh, tricks, a great deal of, of, uh, of uh, uh, methods to apply so they can uh, teach people of, of different dispositions. Who is the very image of love, and I think that's like, uh, for me, that's the most important uh, in, in a quali quality of all. who has a deep concern for your welfare, a true, sincere concern for your welfare. Okay? And beyond becoming discouraged, no matter how many times uh, the, this teacher teaches you something and you don't understand it, the teacher doesn't become discouraged and say, oh, I, I can't take you as a student anymore, get out of here because you're too stupid. Okay? It, doesn't, it doesn't become discouraged like that. Okay? Okay, so these are the qualities, and then you, you familiarize yourself with them. And as you familiarize yourself with them, you uh, make in your mind, if you haven't, met, if you haven't uh, met someone like that, you make in your mind the wish, the aspiration to meet someone like that. And in this case, you're sort of like invoking your teacher to come to you. Okay? Or in, uh, invoking your teacher to... Uh, at least connect you, to, to make a connection with you in, in some palpable way. Okay. All right, let's continue. The prospective disciple on his part should familiarize himself with these, in, with these descriptions of a proper Lama's qualifications and then seek out a Lama who possesses them. Whether the, whether the disciple himself turns out to be more or less blessed with virtues depends on the degree to which his lama possesses high personal qualities. If the disciple enjoys a relationship with a lama who is capable of guiding him through the entire range of the open and secret path, then the disciple will come to be one blessed in the sense of having heard about and gained some understanding of the path in their entirety. Even just gaining this general idea of the overall path represents greater merit than any good qualities that the student may possess. So once the disciple does manage to locate a lama with the qualities described above, he must rely on him in the proper way. Here are eight great benefits a person can gain through proper behavior towards his teacher, beginning with being close to Buddhahood. There are also eight different dangers of improper behavior towards one's Lama. There are, op there are the opposites of the benefits just mentioned. Okay. 
uh, we should, uh, since it's described that these eight things are very in, 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 uh, important, especially with that little phrase in there, danger. You really run to the back of the book, look at the footnote number 47, okay? These eight great qualities, I mean, uh, uh, benefits. Okay, right there on page 167. Eight great benefits. The eight are described as coming close to Buddhahood. Pleasing the Buddhas. Overcoming evil influences. Avoiding improper activities and thoughts. Reaching high realizations. Always meeting teachers. Never falling to the lower realms. And attaining temporary and ultimate goals with ease. So the eight uh, dangers would be the exact opposite of these, right? So you will be you, if if and and this is uh, this isn't just what happens when you meet someone with those, with those qualities and then you establish a, a formal relationship with that person as being your teacher and you their student, but it comes after that once you've once once you've established a relationship. And then how you keep that relationship. And, and that's what he refers to as proper behavior. Okay? So once you've established that relationship, then you should keep your relationship with that person in the proper way. The way should, and you should rely on that person in the proper way. And if you, when you do that, when you keep that relationship in the proper way, then these eight benefits will come. Okay? And then if you don't, if after you establish that relationship, Okay. After you've established that relationship, then you don't keep that relationship in a proper way. Then, of course, you will get the opposite of these. Instead of being closer to Buddhahood, you will be distancing yourself to Buddhahood. Instead of pleasing the Buddhas, you will be displeasing the Buddhas. Instead of, instead of overcoming evil influences, you will find yourself being engaged in them. You, you, you will be uh, more prone to their effect. Instead of avoiding improper activities and thoughts, you will find yourself engaged more and more in activities that are improper and in thoughts that are improper will, will, will start to be uh, swell in your mind. And of course, forget about reaching high realizations. And, and this also, because of the, and this is probably uh, another thing that's uh, one of, among the uh, eight imp benefits uh, one of them is always meeting teachers. So if you meet someone and you behave, and you miss, not just meet someone and you start behaving to them as if you're, they're a teacher, but you've established that relationship. Okay? And after you've established that relationship, then by keeping that relationship proper, in the proper way, then you will always meet teachers. You will, you will, when you need a teacher, you will find a teacher. Okay? But when you uh, do not behave in a proper way, you're actually going to ruin your chances to meet teachers in the future. You will be desperately looking for a teacher and you will not be able to find a teacher. Or you will not be able to find someone who's actually qualified to teach you. 
Yes. Yeah, definitely future lives. Yeah, future lives, and in, in the future, in that in that future life, where you don't really recall uh, what your past life was like, what you did, what you didn't do, and then you find yourself in a situation where you might be uh, have an interest in the Dharma or an interest in spirituality, and yet you find yourself alone, and you can't uh, quite meet someone to to teach you, or you can't really. Um, get yourself to the point where you can establish a relationship with someone. I mean, you might be able to hear about, you know, there's so-and-so, so-and-so over there, so-and-so over here, and yet, for some reason, you're obstructed from going over there and establishing a relationship with them. Okay? And, that, and that is due to uh, having, having had established a relationship and then you didn't keep that relationship properly. Okay? And and I think uh, the next one is something that we all would like to have. By keeping a proper relationship, you will, never, you will not fall to the lower realms. And you can see how everything is, is, is sort of connected. Because you meet with a teacher who's qualified and you've established a relationship with them and you're, and you're, behave, and you're keeping, relying on that teacher properly, then because, if, because you're, you're not uh, on the sway of evil influences because you are keeping, and this is helping you keep it, keeping proper uh, activities of body, proper activities of, of mind. And because of that, you are protected, protected, protected from uh, falling into the lower realms. You're, you're purifying whatever uh, 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 propensities, whatever uh, seeds you have that would result in a lower birth. And then instead, you're, you're, you're blocking that from happening. And in the future, you're always in a situation where you, are, where you will meet a teacher again. Okay. And attaining temporary and ultimate goals with ease. Okay. Um, so if you, if you have a teacher and you uh, behave towards that teacher in what is called the proper way, even if you're in your, uh, your, in your, according to your own abilities, you're, uh, they're not that great, they're not that good, you, you can't really get to, if, like, just you practice, you practice, you practice, and you can't, you can't seem to get anywhere. But because of the strong relationship that you have established with the teacher, that relationship itself will help you gain what is called temporary and ultimate goals. The ultimate goals are those dealing with uh, nirvana and Buddhahood, and temporary goals are things like uh, uh, if the environment is, is not suitable for you, then you need a better environment, then you're able to get a better environment. So that, but these are things that are that you, that you deal with in the world right now that are temporary, that goes away. Uh, those are temporary goals. Okay. Okay. And by relying on the teacher properly, you will be able to gain these with ease. Okay. <coughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to quickly get to the reading to... Uh, 
the next page because there's a lot of, there's a, a, a couple of things in there that are confusing a lot of people. Okay. Okay. As the great Lord Tsongkhapa said himself, first then see that the very root for getting an excellent start towards any of the good uh, of the good things in the present or future lives is effort, is effort in proper behavior in both thought and practice towards the spiritual guide who shows the path. So please him with the offering of carrying out his every instruction, never giving up a single one, even when it may cost you your life. I, the master meditator, put this into practice. You who seek for freedom must conduct yourself this way. Uh, this is from uh, Jason Kappa's what is called uh, uh, like song of his uh, experience, where he sort of like wrote in, in, in poetry, poetry form, his experience of how he took up the Dharma, how he practiced, and what the kind of realizations that, that he gained. So here he's telling you, he, by relying properly on his teacher, he was able to get great benefit from it. And he's asking you to do the same, if you want the same. Okay. Now, those of past days, people like Lord Atisha and great Drom Tempa, gained matchless levels of realization and were able to perform mighty deeds beyond equal. All of this came because each of them succeeded in maintaining the proper relationship with his own spiritual guide. And it doesn't end here. We can point to Lord Milarepa and others of olden days and say exactly the same thing. Proper behavior with one's spiritual guide has tremendous potential, both good and bad in determining whether a person gets off to an auspicious start in his practice. Marpa slipped before Naropa and ruined his chances for an auspicious beginning. And if you want to find out, it's on page 51. I mean, uh, note 51. How did Marpa slip? Uh, Marpa was the teacher of Milarepa, and Marpa went to India and studied under uh, Naropa. Okay. And the first time uh, Mapa met Naropa, and the slipping that he's talking about wasn't that, uh, you know, he, uh, I don't know, he, <laughs> he fell down or he, uh, he insulted Naropa. It wasn't something like that. Uh, let's read it and see what they mean by that. I don't know if, it, if all of it is in here, though. Um, Marpa, also known as a great translator, was a teacher of Lord Bilarepa and an early Tibetan Buddhist who helped bring the secret teachings in, from India. His own teacher was Naropa, a renowned Indian master who also instructed Lord Atisha. As Pabon Karimpoche gains relates in this liberation in our hands, Marpa was once faced with the choice of prostrating first to his teacher or to a fantastic divine being who had made his appearance in the room. He made the mistake of selecting the latter. Vinayapa's offering to Mapa himself is mentioned on the same folio. Well, we didn't go too much into the story. Uh, the story is that uh, uh, in one of those days when, when Mapa was uh, in, uh, connect in, uh, in the presence of Naropa, his, his teacher, Naropa is like a, a 
tremendous, great uh, 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 teacher, uh, a great uh, realized being. Okay. Marpa was Tibetan. Marpa uh, uh, traveled to, uh, to India to mainly to bring uh, texts and to bring instructions so he can spread uh, the, the Buddhist, Buddhist teaching in, uh, uh, in, in Tibet. He was a lay person. He wasn't, a, he wasn't, a, he wasn't ordained. He, uh, he met Naropa, and uh, in one of those days, uh, uh, Naropa that, uh, uh, was a, just a, looking like a regular human being. And in the same room, Naropa made, uh, gave Marpa a choice. Uh, Marpa uh, uh, was a student of Tantra, and he was, in, in, when you're studying Tantra, you are visualizing a, 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 day, a, a form of a, of a deity. And eventually you want to be able to meet that deity face to face. So Naropa gave him that opportunity. Well, in that same room, Naropa uh, uh, made uh, that deity that Mahapa was, uh, was, uh, was doing a practice of appear in the room with him. And Naropa asked him, okay, to which one of us should you, will you bow first? And Mahapa thought about this. Mahapa said, well, I see you all the time. So it's, it's no big deal. <laughs> But this, uh, this is a very rare opportunity. Uh, 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 this is a very rare uh, uh, opportunity. I don't, know, I don't know when I'll be able to see this uh, deity again. So I'll prostrate first to this deity. So he prostrated to the deity first. And then as soon as he finished prostrating, the deity disappeared. And uh, the, the, the story, the, the moral of the story is the, uh, this is where Marpa slipped. He should have passed the first to his teacher and then to the deity. Because the, if it was not for his teacher, he would not be meeting a deity. Okay. So th that's why it says Mapa slip. And because of that, it is said that Mapa could not uh, demonstrate his full realization while he was alive. Okay. Even though he reached great heights. And while Milarepa, uh, uh, okay, Milarepa offered Marpa a copper pot, but it was empty. That was Milarepa's. Uh, this is what you might call inauspicious uh, re re relatings. Okay, and then, and unfortunately, these kinds of stories make people very nervous, <laughs> to the point where they are almost afraid to act. Yes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh no, it wasn't like uh, yeah, it wasn't that Naropa said I'm gonna punish you. Yeah, I'm gonna stand in your way. It was more mm. that because of where his faith was directed, I suppose, mm. then that it was what took place in his mind and yeah. interfered with him. Yeah, 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 exactly that. Yeah. Uh,
And Milarepa also had uh, an auspicious thing, an inauspicious thing that happened between him and his teacher, Marpa. Milarepa offered Marpa a copper pot, but it was empty. And, but it was absolutely clean. Okay. So there was a, both something good and something bad about that offering. Uh, it is said, I have to say it is said, that uh, when you offer uh, a vessel, a pot, a bowl, you should put something in there. You shouldn't, you shouldn't offer it uh, completely empty because it, it, that's inauspicious. But, and the, the reason that uh, Milarepa offered uh, a, uh, an, empty an empty pot because you know, Milarepa was dirt poor. He couldn't afford anything. He could, he could barely afford the pot that he was offering. Okay. So he offered it because for him that was like, you know, that was like, oh, that was his wealth, basically. And he offered, and he offered it and he made sure it was perfectly clean. Now, uh, it is said that uh, the, the other stories are, are almost similar where the person couldn't afford anything to put inside the vessel and they end up putting sand and they visualize the sand as being something, something valuable, something wonderful. Okay, and then that makes it auspicious. Okay. So maybe uh, someone should have told Milarepa to put some sand in there. <laughs> okay. So his start with his practice then was one both good and bad. So he suffered a lot. <laughs> Milarepa suffered a lot. He, he really had to work hard to get to realizations. And he finally did get to realizations. And one of the bad things that happened also happened to him that... Uh, uh, when his teacher passed away, he wasn't, he wasn't around, uh, his teacher. And that was very sad for him. Okay. Ah, okay, continue with more stories. The great throne older, Temba Rabye, nursed the master tutor, Naong Chucho, most effectively during the latter's illness. As a result, he was able to gain a realization of the middle view. Okay. Middle view is, you know, uh, Madhyamika is the highest and most refined way of understanding emptiness. Okay. The Sakya Pandita as well performed perfect service as the nurse of Venerable Drakyen. Everything that came to him later was because of this service. And, and Sakya Pandita was, was said to be like, uh, was, it was like an, a walking encyclopedia. Okay. There was not a topic that he didn't know anything about and that he didn't know well. <laughs> and he said that this capacity came from his uh, having kept a great relationship with his teacher. Everything that came to him later was because of this service. He was able to see his Lama as the deity gentle voice. He gained a total unimpeded knowledge of the five great sciences. Remember we, we, talked, we read about the, what are these great five sciences, right? Right? So he, was, he had a, an impeded knowledge of them. And I think he, he, he may have been, uh, if not the last, but one of the very few Tibetans who can actually make such a, for whom such a claim can be made. Because the five great sciences is basically uh, mastering medicine, mastering physics, mastering grammar and poetry. It's like mastering you know, everything that, that is worthy of, of mastering. Okay. The only thing that's not in there is uh, war. <laughs> okay. 
it's not considered a great science. Okay. A mass of humankind in all the lands of China. Okay. Tibet, Mongolia, and elsewhere raised them in honor to the very tip of their heads, and the list goes on and on. Okay. Now, almost all the uh, uh, civilization uh, around Tibet, China, Mongolia, around the Himalayas, they all knew of him and they all knew of his greatness. Okay, now we get into that, that part about the Lama that we're going to spend a little time with. Well, we're going to try to spend a little time with. Okay. We should speak here too of the dangers of improper behavior towards one Lama. A reference in difficult points to the black enemy points in this, in this way. A person who doesn't treat as a Lama, someone who's taught him as so much as a line will take a hundred births as a dog and then be born in the lowest of castes. Okay. Now this is, th this uh, little uh, uh, verse here is uh, somewhat confusing. But it seems to be saying that whoever you happen to hear a line from, you have to uh, worship them like your lama. Okay. And if you refuse to do so, you have the mis you, you'll have the misfortune of being reborn as a dog a hundred times. Not in some nice person's house, okay? Because <laughs> I hear people mention that, oh, I wouldn't mind being a dog. You're not going to be uh, Leo, what's that? Leo, Leona Helmsley? That was <laughs> You're not going to necessarily be uh, Leona Helmsley's dog a hundred times, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, be reborn in lowest of caste. <clears throat> so what does this line mean? It, 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 it means once you've done your research, you've, uh, uh, you've you studied this person or that person, and you say, ah, this person has the qualities that I see w w uh, that will qualify this person to be my teacher. Okay? Either you heard about this person, and then they told you about, the, oh, these are the qualities, these are the qualities, and then these qualities interest you, and you go to that person, and you study that person to see if that person has those qualities. If you, if, 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 if you can have a good relationship with that person, then after you've studied that person, then you see that person is qualified to be your teacher, then you go and you make that, you establish that relationship. Okay? You establish the relationship. You ask to be, to be the, the student and they accept, accept to be your, your teacher. Okay? As soon as this is done, and as soon as they teach you just even one line, then that relationship is sealed. Then you have now a teacher-student uh, teacher-student relationship, and the teacher should relate to you in the proper way that the teacher should relate to a student, and a student should relate to the to that teacher in the proper way that a student should relate to a, to a teacher. Okay, if after that is done, you do not behave toward this person as your teacher, then you, then the danger then the danger comes. Okay. It doesn't mean that anyone you go to who, who teaches you, who teaches something because they were teaching you something, then you have to make them your lama. That's not what it means. Okay? It's like, uh, 
uh, I guess in the like the in the Jewish tradition, until you step on the glass and you break it, then the the wedding the the, the marriage is sealed. It's you are married, and I guess what is it in, in, in Catholic? I don't know, what what is it in Catholic? Once you kiss the bride, is that it? Yeah, they pronounce you, man. They pronounce you after you kiss the bride. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so after after you kiss and then and then the priest is, uh, uh, pronounce you, you you are now man and wife. Then your your husband and wife. Then you you're supposed to relate to each other as husband and wife. Okay. So it's so in this case, after you've gone to that person, you ask for for the relationship, and the relationship is. Uh, is established, then the person teaches you. Even they, they, they don't have to teach you, like for example, an entire book or entire topic, just one line, and then the, the, the relationship is sealed. Okay, so that's what it means. Now you can go in your own mind calling someone your teacher that you've never met, and you probably never. Uh, uh, you never formally met, never, uh, um, uh, maybe you never even heard a line from them, okay? And you can go around and say, this is your teacher, this is your teacher, this is your teacher. Okay, uh, that's your, I guess that's your, that's your prerogative. You can do that if you want to, but it's not a formal, it's not a formal relationship. And you can, if it is, if it's, if it's because of circumstances that sort of like uh, obstruct you, obstruct you from establishing that relationship. Like for example, you heard of this yogi who lives in a cave somewhere in the Himalayas and, and then as soon as you hear the name and you feel like you're drawn, you want to go to that, to that yogi. But circumstances prevent you from going there. Okay? When you try to go there, something happens and you, you, you're, you're detained. Or you, you get at the foot of the mountain and then something happens and you're supposed to go back, something like that. Okay? So you're trying to establish a relationship formally. It's not like you're just dreaming about it. Uh, you're just wishing for it, but you really want to establish it, and you're trying to establish it. But for some reason, you can't. Okay? So you can consider that person your teacher. In your, in your mind, you can go to that teacher and, and ask for teachings. Uh, one example of that is... Uh, hmm. I can't really think of an example. <laughs> uh, well, there was one. There was one student. I forgot exactly what, what was the situation that prevented that student from meeting uh, a, a teacher that he was he admired a lot. So he, what he did, uh, he, he 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 just called himself, okay, I am the disciple of so and so, and he would go into meditation, and then see himself in the presence of the teacher, and then. When he and then he would uh, act or uh, upon instruction that he believed that he heard coming from the teacher, and he made an image of, of the of the teacher, even though he never met the teacher. So he just in his mind what the teacher looks like, and he really, and then he related completely in a teacher student relationship with that image. And he was able to, and he said he was able to gain great realizations uh, through, through through that relationship. Okay, so there is, so it's it's a, it's a bit complicated. Okay, there is the great uh, a great need for f deep faith. 
on the, on the, side, of the, on the side of the students. But it's not the only thing. Okay. It's, an, it's, an, it's a very important element. And it, it will get you to places, it will get you to, to, uh, to uh, realizations that uh, are almost you may find to be difficult to get to. Okay. Sometimes you may find yourself having understandings that you know, you can almost say, I mean, there's no way on my own that I could have, I could have arrived at this realization. Okay. And, it's, and it could be due what is called blessing because of your, your, your deep faith and conviction or because of the strong relationship that you keep with, with, with your teacher. Um, so, unless you've made a formal uh, relationship with someone in this way, either you cannot meet that person and then you strongly, faithfully, with conviction, say that they have compassion, they must know about, about me, this person is great, that's why I'm drawn to that person, this person, I, 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 in your own mind, you, go, you, you make that person your, your teacher. And you, you say to yourself, this person must have accepted me. Okay. And then in that way, you can establish a, that kind of relationship. And also, the other way is to, after uh, analyzing, after examining, so to speak, the, the person, you know, go over there and then listening to see, see how they behave, see how they teach, and see how it's a good match. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean just that because the person is a... Uh, has all those qualities that you two will, will necessarily make a good match. Okay? It could be that uh, there's a one little thing about that person that just gets to you. And it just you know, wipes out every other thing. It just interferes with you trying to get some understanding. And it could be something as tiny as you know, they sneeze too much. They cough too much. You don't like their you don't like their accent. You don't like their the sound of their voice. Okay, and yeah, and, and you really have to take this into consideration because once you say, if that is a big deal for you, for some reason you can't get over that, and you force yourself to to establish a relationship with them. Then later on, when you're hearing that voice, when you're hearing that annoying cough, you will, you will not be that will force you to have an improper way of behaving towards that teacher in your thoughts. And that will act as an obstacle for you. Okay. Yes, please. Hmm. Oh yeah, it's maintained. And here is. A very scary one. I like to leave you with. <laughs> the root text, and now you will now you will see why, why why I said if if it's something as little bit as their voice is annoying to you or where their coughing is annoying, then you will understand why. Okay, in in the next one, the root text of the secret teachings on the wheel of time states as well. Seconds of anger towards your Lama destroy equal eons of virtue collected. Then bring equal eons in which you endure the terrible pain of hells and the rest. And that's 
So it's a very, it's not, it's not a, it's not a, what is it? It's a very serious thing to, to establish such a relationship. Okay? It's not a, it's not a, it's not, it's not light. It's not a light matter. Okay? I mean, it doesn't mean that uh, stay at home, don't go to anybody uh, who's teaching the Dharma. You know, go to as many of those people that you, that you want to go to. But once you make that, once you make that, uh, once you establish that relationship, okay, now you are the basis, uh, the proper basis for me to put the title Lama, my Lama on. And the person says, okay, then something beyond the two of you takes over. And I say beyond the two of you, the, the teacher may be a very good teacher but doesn't have high realizations. But because, you, of you, because you, you have a proper relationship with them, you gain high realizations. And if the teacher on, on, on the teacher's own side maintain a proper relationship with you, then the teacher also, if they, were, if they didn't have high realizations, will, will be able to do uh, incredible things with or without their, their, their own uh, 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 with or without their own knowledge of doing it. Okay? Like a, a, a teacher may be able to one day uh, feel compelled to put his hand through a rock <laughs> and leave his uh, uh, handprint there. And then when you ask him, how did you do that? He said, I have no idea. And he's not lying to you or trying to be humble, saying, I have no idea. He really has no idea. It was because something else greater took over because it was a teaching that needed to be taught to those who were there. Okay. So, and then, and then even, if that, even uh, if that teacher as long as the teacher is maintaining their, 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 their proper relationship as a teacher towards you, then even if that teacher doesn't have great realizations, if you establish that relationship with them, and then you break, this is the word that you probably will encounter or have encountered, which is called breaking samaya. Samaya. Okay? Breaking samaya. Okay? If you break samaya, if you break that, that, that way of dealing or uh, uh, relating properly with the teacher, uh, if you have, especially if you have anger towards that teacher. And according to this, uh, the wheel of time is the uh, Kala Chakra. Okay. And His uh, Holiness is, is, is going to give that soon, isn't he? In, in, in the summer in, in, uh, in D.C., yeah. So according to the Kala Chakra teaching, for every second that you have, you hold anger towards that person that you've established that relationship with. For, so if it was two seconds, so it becomes two eons of virtue gets destroyed. And you know how difficult it is to get just even one second of <laughs> virtue. To destroy eons of it is incredible. Okay. All right, so next, I don't know, will there be a, when the next time will be, though, for this class? Because uh, 
Next weekend is the Thanksgiving weekend, so we have prepare to eat, <laughs> eat, and then digest the food, and then take rest from uh, digesting. <laughs> And, and usually people will go away to other places, to their family and stuff like that. So, uh, so I don't know, will you, will people be here next Sunday? Mm -hmm. So should we have a class? So I guess we'll send, uh, uh, I guess if you can, you know, uh, I guess you have my email or you have the DNKL email. You have the DNKL email, right? I guess you can have some sort of a... Uh, uh, what do you have? Write your, write your name down if you're going <laughs> to... I don't know if there is somebody there that is receiving that email. Hmm? DNKL, who's receiving the, the email? Uh, Jane. She's not around. She's not around. Actually. Actually. Well, how many people are here? Show of hands. Show of hands. Show of hands. How many people can make it? Can? Will make it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I guess we can have a, a class next Sunday. All right. So we'll continue with this. Uh, there's uh, uh, some other explanations uh, that we need to go over. We, get, we have to get to with the Lama, because that's, you can even, uh, to, to, to a certain degree, you can say uh, the entire path is relating with, the Lama, relating with the Lama. That's what the path is, relating with the Lama. And it all ties in well with, uh, with your conviction. Okay. It's like, if you absolutely believe that there is Buddhahood, there is enlightenment, and you absolutely believe that uh, you have the capacity to be enlightened, and, and because of that very conviction itself is guiding you, that very conviction is guiding you. It's putting you in contact with those circumstances, with those situations that will help you get there, that conviction. And because of that conviction, it brings you into connection with someone who can guide you there. So if you don't uh, relate properly with that person who's guiding there, you're there, you're basically in your own mind turning your way, turning away from your goal. You're turning yourself away from it. It's like, a, uh, I don't know how it fits, but somehow maybe it's just a nice funny story to say anyway. Is that uh, that you heard that story about this guy who was in a flood? There was a flood, and then he prayed, prayed, prayed to be rescued, and then s someone came, and he said, "No, I'm waiting for I'm, no, I'm waiting for rescue." And then the, and then he had to go to the roof, and then somebody came because there was so much water, and the boat came by. He said, "Come in, come in." He said, "No, no, no, I'm waiting <laughs> to be rescued," and finally. Uh, it, uh, there was an helicopter came by because he was like, no, there was almost nothing left. And then he said, no, wait, wait, I'm waiting to be rescued. And then uh, finally he drowned. 
And then when he, when he went to heaven, and then he said, what, what's, what, what's the matter with you? I keep praying to come and rescue me. He said, I sent you somebody. I sent you the boat. I sent you the helicopter. You refuse everything that I sent to you. Okay? So it's like the boat, the helicopter, these are the, that's the connection to your, to, your, to your enlightenment. So I want to be enlightened. And so they send you these, the enlightenment is making connection with you through the boat, the helicopter, and so forth. If you don't take them, it's like, it's like you, what you're really denying. You're not denying the helicopter. You're not denying the boat. You're denying the enlightenment. Okay. So the teacher is your connection. Okay. If you deny or mistreat the relationship, you're denying or mistreating enlightenment. It's not that the teacher is punishing you. The teacher sometimes has no power to do, to do anything. It's the relationship. It's your own strength, your own faith is that's doing everything. All right, so any questions? Yes. I've never heard of any kind of any formal way Well, there are cultural ways of doing it. And usually you bring an offering. Like Milarepa brought that copper. Uh, uh, and in, in, in the old days, uh, you, you would bring almost half your wealth over. Because you, you've thought well, you thought about it well and and then you say to yourself, this is the most important thing in my life right now. And then you make, a, you make a, a, a demonstration of how important it is for you. And then you bring, what, what you would do, you bring your wealth to, to that teacher. And that teacher, once having accepted, accept the, the, the gift, and you feel that now you're connected to the teacher, and the teacher accepts you, and then teaches you and then that the relationship is established. And sometimes, most of the time, the teacher you know, gives back, the, take like a, what, what's called a token of it, take a token of the offering. And sometimes, to, uh, if the student is going to be a, a wonder, uh, well, you know, they've completely renounced uh, the social, you know, any connect, connection with, with social, with, what do you call that? They become a renunciate. Okay, they're gonna be you know wandering around. The teacher will take the wealth and throw it down a ravine, ravine or something. <laughs> the teacher doesn't put it in a bank account and uh, <laughs> and have it uh, grow interest or anything like that. The teacher throws it away. What are other things that if you, like that's what they did in the old days? That's in the old days. Uh, that's nowadays. Uh, you know, you, you you think about it well, knowing that. Uh, now you have to, now you have to consider that, you have to consider that you are now recognizing that this is your connection to enlightenment. And then once you make that recognition, and you have to tell yourself, I have to, I have to relate 
to that person in such a way that will not interfere, that will not obstruct me in, in reaching enlightenment. Uh, so with that thought in mind, in as respectful as you can, you go to that person and you ask. Be my teacher. And the person to, to test your sincerity will tell you, I'm sorry, I don't know anything, you know, go ask somebody else. If you feel, oh, I traveled all this way, I was prepared, and the person turned me away, and you go back home and you never come, I'm never going to look at that person again, then that means you weren't really ready. You have, to be, you have to go back again. You have to keep going back. Okay. And usually the third, what's that, what's that word, the phrase? The third, is a, the third is a charm? Third is a charm, is that, is that right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Usually this may happen three times. Okay. And then they may, they may accept in a way that doesn't seem like they've accepted. Okay. Like if they, if they don't literally say, Go away. <laughs> uh, 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 I don't want you as my student. Unless they say that, then you're not, you're not really, uh, you're not, you don't have that relationship. Okay. But they, they can say, they can accept you without, you know, literally saying, saying the words. But you have to formally go and ask them. And you make some sort of offering. Okay. And something sincere, something... Not just, you know, uh, while you're walking down the street and you see some, I don't know, somebody drop a scarf or something, you say, oh, I'll, I'll give that. <laughs> okay. But something that is a, a true you know, sense of offering for you. you know, it's like, a, uh, you must consider it just like, a, don't think that you're going to something lesser. You think you're going to the highest thing that you're going to, the highest thing that you can in- encounter. Okay, I guess in, for, for somebody who's a, who's a theist, for example, think you're going to encounter God. And what would you bring to God as, a, as an offering? And you, in the very olden days, you know, bring a cow or a goat or the, the prize, what do you call it, the prize heifer? I don't know, is, am I saying? No. Uh, the prize, the, the prize, the animal that you have, and you, and you sacrifice that. Okay. The guideline is whatever you consider to be, you sincerely consider to be respectful. That's what you have to follow. And other things are more like uh, cultural. Right? Like, uh, that's, that's how Tibetans show respect to, their, to their, someone who's higher than them. They slurp like that. Like a dog, you know. <laughs> Maybe, okay. No, we don't have to do that. <laughs> so certain things are cultural, okay. So whatever in your culture is considered to be the way of showing respect, that's a, that's what you do, okay. And there are certain things like uh, uh, turning your back, and and even though that's uh, somewhat cultural, but you can sort of see it in, here in. Uh, how it fits in our culture also. 
like you know, I mean, don't you tell your don't you tell your child this? Don't turn your back on me, right? So you understand that turning your back on someone is disrespectful. Okay, so keep that. Just keep be mindful of that of things like that, and you don't have to go. <laughs> <laughs> And you don't have to go find you know, a katak, you know, to offer. That's, that's the Tibetan way of doing things. Okay. You don't, you, 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 they will not, not accept you as a student if you don't bring a nice white katak made of silk with gold uh, threads in it or something like that. Okay. <laughs> right. And in your own mind, uh, uh, be ready to, to uh, be open-minded. Don't be, uh, d being a student doesn't mean that you become a, 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 that you relinquish your capacity to analyze, capacity to reason, and whatever the teacher tells you to do, and immediately you do it. No, no wh wh whatever the teacher tells you to do, make sure it is in line with Dharma. And then, or try to see how it is in line with Dharma, and follow it. We have to keep, we have to keep in mind what the Buddha said. Don't accept my word just because I'm saying it to you. Don't accept my word just because you want to show me respect. Accept it after you've, you know, gone through, see that it's th that what you must do. And sometimes you may be asked to do something that you cannot do. Don't just, don't just not do it. You have to explain, you have to tell, I cannot do it. I don't have the capacity to do that. Okay. But don't just say, okay, I'll do it and say, Pfft. Now we're going to do that. It's crazy or something. <laughs> okay. And, and sometimes, depending on the teacher, they might test you. They might tell you to do something outrageous mm -hmm. to see if you have any mind, mm -hmm. if you're thinking. Okay. Oh, the, the center is falling apart. And there's a guy in the next door, he has a fortune. Can you go steal his fortune for me? <laughs> <laughs> then we can you know, have a Dharma center and we will flourish. You say, oh, my teacher told me to go do this, and then you go do it. No, that was, that was a test for you. And did you did, did, wasn't in the Dharma, I said, you shouldn't, you should, uh, shouldn't steal, you shouldn't uh, harm others. Here you are, teachers telling you to go harm someone, someone. Teachers testing you. So it's not entirely, uh, the relationship is not something that is kept where your, your mind is now, okay, put your reason to sleep and the teacher will take care of everything. Yeah. So that seems almost counter, what's the word, counterintuitive? Mm -hmm. you know, if, if in observing a teacher, you would recognize a quality, you know, someone who is really qualified to be your teacher would never ask you to do something that was violating the Dharma. Mm -hmm. And then you say you then have to observe this person, and, and it's possible that that same person that you thought would never find the Dharma would then, as a test, mm -hmm. instruct you to do that. Mm -hmm. And then you, you, if, I, you know, where is the distinction between accepting that that teacher is really has your best interest? Because of that love thing you were talking about? Mm -hmm. I don't know, it seems a little. And like I said, some teachers, in some circumstances, do that with some students. It's not that every teacher you know, you know, that you've established a relationship with, well, what, uh, I'm telling you, watch out, it's coming. No, it's, okay. it's sometimes. 
when I mean sometimes, rare, rarely oh. it happens. So this is just to tell you that what even a teacher tells you, uh, be nice. You have to reason why in your mind what's adventurous about being nice. When a teacher tells you to do something, the teacher is asking you to incorporate it in you so that you, the teacher doesn't have to tell you to do it next time. So it's not just when the teacher tells you to do something like, you know, go steal, then, oh, okay, now I should analyze this. Even when they tell you to do things that are normal, you should analyze it also. Just, just the opposite of that, it makes you not to do something again, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okey-dokey. What's the, what's the response? <laughs> 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 Page uh, 16. <laughs> <laughs> Before we do that, the English. Here is a ground anointed with incense and flowers. With its Mount Meru adorned by four continents. Visualized as a Buddha field, I offer it to the married field. May all beings of a supremely pure Buddha field. Now, that last line. Idam Guru Radnaman Dalagam Niryatayami. Page 26. By this virtue, may all beings perfect the accumulations of merit and wisdom and achieve the two holy bodies that arise from merit and wisdom. Okay. Like stay here for a little bit. You can uh, stretch your legs and come back at 11.20. Maybe 11.23. <laughs> <laughs>